Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Well, you might be thinking that it would never get to this point in the relationship. I mean, the, the person you've loved, that you committed to, um, now you're in a world of hurt and you don't know if it's even possible for your relationship to make it. Well, I'm John Fuller, along with a couple of marriage counselors who really do care, Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. And I love how honest the two of you are. I think um, you've shared before about times when you've really had to invest at making the marriage work. Yeah, especially around building and rebuilding trust. Because, boy, that's something that can easily be taken away based on the choices that we made. I remember one time, very early in our marriage, Erin and I used to have a lot of conflict around money and just how to spend money. And and kind of for her, she loved to talk about it. I just wanted to say, hey, here's X amount for you. Here's X amount for me. I'm just going to spend it however I want. I want to talk about it. It's kind of a control deal, weird, a weird control thing for me. But... Unfortunately, the more that that we fought about that, I chose then to kind of hold back some money. You know, if we made some extra money doing some extra work, whatever, I would kind of offer, you know, only here's here's the money I made, but I would hold back, you know, 10 bucks here, 20 bucks there. And unfortunately, I began to stockpile that because then in my mind, I'm justified going, well, I mean, I earned it and, and I gave most of it to Aaron and anyway, and it's no big deal. Now I don't have to have a big argument with her on how to spend it. So again, it was a weird rationalization, what we do in, in she ends up finding like this stash of $20 bills I had rolled up in of a my own can in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Randomly someone asked to borrow tennis balls and she's like, well, I think Greg has some handed them the so tennis she, can. She gets the tennis ball yeah. can and hands it over. Yeah. They go off and play, come right back going, Oh my gosh, there's not <laughs> balls in the can. There's some $20 bills. <laughs> and so Aaron, this is her amazing sense of humor. Um, so as I came home, she's seated on the couch, kind of decked out and all white, holding a tennis racket going, I thought we could do something different tonight. Let's go play tennis. Whole kind of throwing up in the air, this tennis can that I clearly knew oh. what was in it in her kind of look was like, do you have anything you want to share? And so of course coming clean, but looking back on that, see that, that, that in that moment and for a season really damaged the trust between us. And I kept telling her, why is this such a big deal? And why aren't you over this? Why do we keep having to have these discussions about it? And, and, and that's what happens within marriage when we do break trust and looking back, I mean, there, there's some really cool things that, that we learned about how to restore trust in our marriage. Hmm. Well, we're going to hear more about restoring trust in marriage as we listen to a conversation Jim Daly had with Jody and Ron Zappia, um, who came to Christ as they were seeking help after Ron was caught having an affair. Here now is Jim Daly with more of the discussion. How long did you guys continue to work on your own thing before you maybe wanted to work on your spouse's thing? Right. Yeah. Well, I think the forgiveness was important for you, Jody. And I know it was more about, you know, forgiveness for you was, you know, that I can forgive, but I'm not going to stay married. So the real question was what? Yeah. I remember figuring out within the first week was recognizing that I knew I needed to forgive, but then 
and and I want to say the way I knew that I needed to forgive was because I had just been forgiven for the first time. So that feeling huh. of knowing for the first time that I was forgiven helped me to recognize that okay, I know I need to forgive. I knew enough. I didn't know the Bible, but I had heard um, one time I had looked in the scripture and came across the scripture that said something about uh, unless you forgive your brother, you won't be forgiven. And yeah. it's kind of I think it was in college. I that like so that stopped stuck me there, reading though. one time. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. God but, will use everything. But, but I remembered that. Yeah. yeah. And so I had a sense I needed to forgive. So that I was willing to do that. I, I had experienced that it can happen in a moment, but it still felt like stepping off the edge of a cliff. It felt r- very scary. But um, so I, I said, okay, I know I need to forgive. I think I can do that, but I don't need to stay married. And that was a fair question because, again, we had had this experience, but we didn't know for sure what it actually meant. So in moving forward, when did you come to the conclusion that, yes, I want to stay married to Ron? Uh, I would say I was willing to move forward with the marriage when finally um, I understood that my bigger issue was trust. Right. And what I figured out about trust, and this was probably two weeks into this process, was just that um, I had said, okay, um, I think I can forgive, but how do you have a marriage without trust? And the pastor said, well, that's interesting. Does the Bible say to trust one another? And I said, I don't think so. And he said, that's correct. And then he said, um, what does it say? I said, well, to love one another. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, so you don't need to worry about that. Like, why do you think it says that? I said, well, probably because we're not trustworthy. And he's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, none of us really truly are. And he said, by the way, who do you think you're supposed to trust? And um, I said, God. And he said, that's right. You know, so I left that day and I can remember just like I probably another couple of weeks, all I thought about was, okay, can I trust God? Do I trust God? And then I don't need to worry about trusting Ron. I just need to love Ron. And yeah. that was kind of freeing as well because trusting Ron was asking too much of me at Correct, that point. At that moment. But it took me about two weeks to decide if I trusted God. And it's kind of embarrassing to say that now, but it was true. I didn't know if I trusted God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, that was just spending time asking him, you know, can I trust you? And why did you let this happen? And, and, um, but I came to the conclusion that I could trust him. And that made all the difference in the world to me because now the pressure was off of. That's the kind of honesty I think God wants, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Jim and John, that one of the things for us was we learned this equation after, you know, and, but it really, you know, no matter what your breakdown is. So you've got a married couple that's listening and whether it's like ours or it's any situation, you know, that causes marital division and breakdown, the trust part has always got to be worked on. So we learned this equation, um, CB over T. And so what that means is the CB stands for change behavior over time. And so Jody had to see changes in behavior with me. And, you know, as we counsel couples now, you know, you need to see the change behavior right. over time. Right, you can't time. stay in the same yeah, spot. exactly. And so, you know, how much time is the real question. And for us, you know, we had marriage difficulty, you know, in the first year. So it didn't take us as long to kind of move forward once we were willing to commit ourselves to the Lord. And we saw him making these changes that we couldn't mm-hmm. make in ourselves. But a couple may be listening that it's, you know, many years of a real difficult situation, unforgiveness. Maybe it's even infidelity or it's a problem with pornography or whatever the case is. It's time. And if it's gone on for too long, that secret sin, you know, that change behavior is going to require more time for the other person to trust. Well, Aaron, for that couple who's in the process of trying to rebuild trust, go ahead and speak to the spouse who's been wounded. Um, 
What can he or she do to not let fear or anxiety overwhelm uh, them during this restoration mm-hmm. process? Like Greg said, this was early on in our relationship, maybe year two, year three. And it was really the, a turning... The tennis can? Yes, yeah. the tennis can. Um, really, it was a turning point for our marriage because we began to see that, ooh, you know, this this doesn't feel good. And for me personally, I went and got help for me to really figure out how do I handle this? Like this really hurt me and I felt so betrayed. And one thing that I did was I went to Greg and I let him know that, hey, moving forward, what would be really helpful for me is if you make a mistake or you do something that you have the propensity, you want to hide it, that you come home and tell me. Hmm. And he was like, what? You want me to tell you when I make a mistake? And I'm like, yes. And so it just didn't make sense at all. Yeah. Like that, that's going to damage our marriage. Like that, no. that just keeps you focused on my mistakes. Okay, and I mean, so, I'm just justifying well, rationalizing and I hear all of you. it. I think yeah. that's a natural reaction. So why is what Greg's saying not actually what Because happens? it's that he's being honest with me and upfront and vulnerable. He came home, gosh, months after that. And he came home and he said, okay, I have something to tell you. And I'm like, oh no, not another tennis can. <laughs> and he said, I answered a question on an exam. He was in graduate school getting his doctorate, I answered a question after the professor said, stop. And I was like, what? And he said, I went to her and I told her, I confessed. And I was so convinced that she was going to be like, you know what, man, as my student, I'm so grateful. That's awesome. Don't worry about it. She (laughs) failed me on the entire exam. Like didn't just mark that one off. Yeah. Like failed the entire exam. I was so confused. Like, wait, I did the right thing thing and wait what just happened but it was a great lesson yeah but him coming to me with that was so refreshing it was because it was honest it was open and it helped me to know that he was willing to come to me if he made a mistake that he wasn't going to hide it from me and I wasn't going to find it in a tennis can months later and I think for me the rebuilding trust piece that, that that I really look back and go man that was important for me to learn was that that when it, when a heart is broken, when when trust is is has been damaged, I, I so wanted Aaron to quickly move beyond that. I didn't want to be constantly reminded of the mistake that I had made, and and so anytime I could tell she was upset or she's questioning something, man, I just I would just get so frustrated with her. Going, we've talked about this. I've answered that like a dozen times. Like, get over it. Like, stop. Like, this isn't good for our marriage. Versus. Um, what I want to do, and that's why I say want, because even to this day, I mean, this is still hard to do that, that I want to recognize that I've just been given an opportunity to deeply care for her. Something stirred her up. That's how grief works. That's when we make mistakes. Someone's going to get triggered out of the blue. That's okay. That didn't mean that she wasn't trusting me or that now trust is gone again. All it meant was in this moment, she's been triggered. I want to fully embrace that. I want to say, okay, um, tell me what's, what's going on for you. And, and just go into the, the role of just a listener and really try to empathize, not to correct something, not to demand that she get over it, not to move her beyond, but just to, to sit there with her and just hurt with her. And that's hard. That's very, very hard, especially when you take it to, to an extreme choice like an affair. That's very, very difficult, and that takes God's strength and his 
mercy is in your life and turning to him to be able to show up that way. But now looking back, that made such a big difference when I finally shifted going, you know what? And I told her, I said, I'm not going to request that you move beyond any of this anymore. That like, I don't think that's working for us. And, and when, when you're struggling, tell me, and, and I'll do my very, very best. You can even remind me if I'm not, that, that I just, I just want to hear you mm-hmm. and care about how you're feeling in this moment yeah. and not get so freaked out that this has a bigger meaning for our marriage or the, the rebuilding of trust. Yeah. And what I would say as well is there's going to be times that your spouse doesn't show up in that way in the, I'm just going to care for your heart. The great news is you can. And so often if I have a concern and I take it to Greg and he's not able to meet me there, you know, tell me more about it. I really do care about how you're feeling that I'll just say, you know what? It's okay. I've got me and I'll go do what I need to do. And between God and me, we'll take care of my heart. Now, hopefully I miss that. He'll get his heart to a good place and come back or I'll go back and say, hey, can we try that again? Because it's a, it's a missed opportunity if you don't. Actually, she, she literally says that in the moment. She'll say, hey, you know what? I can I can see you're struggling with really hearing me and it's OK. I've got me, me and God. We, we can deal with this and that's OK. If you're not there, you're not there. And it, it's so like, <laughs> I want to scream and go, oh, it, but it does, what it does is it, it makes me go, you know what? I know that she does got this, but I, I, I want to be a part of that. And it, yeah. it actually in a weird way helps to, to refocus me. Cause you're not, she's not saying that in a sarcastic, no. snarky, like demanding way. She's just honestly going, I can see you're, you're, hmm. you're not there and that's okay. I got this. And it, it really does help to kind of get me a little kick in the butt from the Lord to, to, to show up differently in that moment. Yeah. Well, wherever you are at, I hope you've been encouraged by the conversation with the Zappias and with the Smallies. And just please know, we want to help you um, grow in your marriage and be stronger. Uh, we're a phone call away, 800-A-FAMILY, to find all sorts of great resources like the book by the Zappias, which we highly recommend, The Marriage Knot. Uh, we're making that available today when you donate to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Make a monthly pledge or one-time gift of any amount, and we'll say thanks by sending that book to you. The links to donate, get the book, and to connect with our counseling team and other resources, all of those are in the episode notes. Uh, Please remember to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this content. Uh, Your feedback really does help us reach more listeners and make better programs. And for now, I'm John Fuller for The Smallies and the entire team. Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.